0: you are listening to highlights from an episode of the creative process if you want to listen to the full interview or learn more about the creative process and its projects visit www.creativeprocess.info fascinating because the two people who I as as a young writer Mm -hmm. knew best who were sort of established writers were Douglas Adams because I'd written I I wrote a book called Douglas Adams they don't panic Douglas Adams Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and got to spend time with and work with Douglas and I was friends with with Terry and what absolutely fascinated me was they, they couldn't have been more opposite Douglas hated writing and he was incredibly good at it, but he didn't like doing it. And he'd do it when he was backed into a corner, and he'd do it when he had to. And he would expend energy in not writing, which in some ways was really good because he became, you know, he'd, he'd create computer games or he'd, he'd, he'd become a, um, there, there were points where, he, you know, he, he'd do weird projects with computers and learn all about computers and things like that in order to not write because the act of writing was painful. And there was a point where he had to be locked in a hotel room for three or four weeks by his publisher to get a book out on time. And, uh, you know, they'd solicited it. Everything was ready, and they didn't have a book, and he was halfway through, and he'd given up, so they just locked him in, and he'd pass pages under the door. And, and, you know, Sonny meta would sit outside watching videos. I think Victor Hugo did something else with his clothing. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't allowed to have any just so he'd finish yeah. I, rem- I remember that story I, and, and so that was Douglas Terry was the other way around Terry you could have you know you would have had to lock him in a hotel for three weeks with no paper to stop him writing a book he was happy in his head and he was happy in his head writing stuff down he was happy making stuff up what, what, how do you proceed in your process do you start with a theme that you want to then have to find characters or you start with a character um Yes, both of those things, and sometimes more. What I start with is enough enough to start enough to get going with american gods i had i'd written I had an idea about characters it, st- it started with characters i had somewhere in my head there were a couple of people meeting on a plane, and one of them seemed to be an old grifter. And the other one had just got out of prison. And that was all I knew about. And I I'd thought about them. I had been doing a lot of reading about American folklore at the time, but didn't know that how that was going to fit in. I was feeling very weird. I moved to America, was having an immigrant experience that didn't seem to be something that I'd read about in fiction. The idea of being an immigrant to America and and dealing with this big weird country that seemed to have no interest or respect in where you were before, you know, which was very different to to England, where you know if you're if you're Greek and you move to England, you're now Greek in England, and the same is actually weirdly true of Canada. If you're you know whatever culture you bring with you to Canada, you're you are that thing, and and you're Canadian, but you're also Lebanese or Ukrainian. With America, it felt like what you brought with wasn't, wasn't important. It was as if there was a lack of memory or a lack of attention to anything. But they're obsessed and, with the new, maybe. I don't know. Oh, I think the, the obsession with the new and the obsession with what they were mm-hmm. both fascinated me. So, so they're sitting there in my head as, as huge things. It's not even pastiche. It's kind of saying, okay, in the in the the, the world of the fantastic, uh, you have pre Lord of the Rings fantasy, and you have post Lord of the Rings fantasy. And post Lord mm. of the Rings fantasy is big and huge and bloated and comes in trilogies. And pre Lord of the Rings fantasy was, it was still literature. It wasn't, mm. it wasn't shelved anywhere that wasn't literature. It was mm. assumed that. If an intelligent person wanted to write a novel with fairies in it or "witches or the devil, they they just would, but that it was you had a specific kind of voice and a specific kind of writing and that for me was what was what Stardust was it's sort of in my head it's written in about nineteen twenty four and I watch fantasy readers get frustrated with it, some of them love it, but some of them are just like, "Why is this this thin novel why?" things alluded to that, that anybody else would turn into a trilogy. Why do not you make it big? Why don't, and, and, oh, right. I and can understand, it's yeah. sort of like, you know, the, the things that they expect to be there aren't. Mm. And That's exactly so, what know. I like about them. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but, but that's what I like about them too. Yeah. I, I have, I don't have much interest in formula fiction. Yeah. I have a lot of interest in using the fantastic, mm-hmm. In all its ways to illuminate. G.K. Chesterton yeah. talked about, you know, reflecting things. Like fantasy mm-hmm. becomes a mirror, and you can look in a mirror and see things in the place that you are that you've never seen before. You're just seeing them from a different angle. Right. And for me, that's what the ocean at the end of the lane was for. Mm-hmm. That's what American Gods is for. You know, that's what even even something like Neverwhere is mm-hmm. is saying. Look, here is a city, and you think you know your city and let's look at what cities do and what cities are, and let's look at the people who fall through the cracks, and let's talk about the people that you do not see. And, and what is that? What's going on here? Tell me about that. Um, mm. And you want to start a kind of a weird a dialogue almost with your readers. The Narnia books, running mm. into Narnia, while I loved the stories, yes. I loved what it did to my head even more. The idea mm. that anything could be a door. Yes. The idea that the, the back of a wardrobe could open up, Mm -hmm. onto a world where it was winter and that there were other worlds inches away from us became just part of the way that I saw the world that was how I assumed the world worked when I was a kid that was Mm -hmm. the world that I saw so something like Coraline for me was it was like well this was practically autobiographical in the sense that I was stealing buildings I was stealing doorways even from real places that I had lived okay. while writing a story to entertain my five-year-old daughter mm-hmm. who liked scary stories with, with witches and ghosts and, and, and darkness in and nobody, she would come home and dictate stories in which evil witches would take over and pretend to be her mother and imprison her in the basement with dead children and they'd have to escape. And, and, uh-huh. and I thought, well, You know, I should should read her the kind of stuff that she likes. (laughs) But nobody, nobody was writing scary horror for five, six year olds. So I thought, well, I'll 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 write a book, and that was how Caroline began. I am immensely proud of the Doctor's wife, Mm -hmm. the Doctor Who episode that I did. Mm -hmm. I I think it's a great Doctor Who episode, and it went through at least eleven drafts. And you know, when I got completely stuck, Stephen Moffat bailed me out. at One Mm -hmm. point when. Uh, suddenly everything had changed and we'd moved from one season to another and more characters were alive and it was, you know, and there was a point in there where we, the budget had been slashed and we'd lost a load of stuff. And, and I don't know that I would have written The Ocean at the End of the Lane with such enthusiasm mm-hmm. if I hadn't had to go through all of those rewrites mm-hmm. on The Doctor's Wife because the joy for me of The Ocean at the End of the Lane is there weren't rewrites. Right. Oh, was, you was in control of everything. I was completely my baby. And the fact that I started writing a short story that then seemed to be going long and I figured I was probably writing a novelette. Mm. And then I kept going and it was now a novella. Actually finished it, typed it up and did a word count. Mm. But I realized that I'd written a novel. Well, nobody, Nobody was waiting for it. Nobody cared about it. Mm-hmm. Nobody wanted it. It was my story that I'd started for my wife which just grew. Mm-hmm. And that, in many ways, is the thing that I kind of wind up taking back into fiction with me. Want to get involved in exhibitions or interviews? Email us at team at creativeprocess.info.